Thank you, Dennis. All right, I'm going to invite Bobby to come on up here. Um, I'm up here to introduce our very own Bobby Stroop this morning. Um, uh, so Dennis talked about patient apprenticing, right? It's one of our Antioch values. I'm going to unpack it just a little bit more because there's something that's on my heart that I want to give to you this morning. Um, it's this concept that, like, Jesus, Jesus apprenticed the disciples, right? And he didn't just apprentice them in things he didn't want to do. He apprenticed them in the most fun things we get to do, right? And for me, preaching, I'm a preacher. It's my job to preach. I love to preach. But here's the thing, right? If I hog all of that for myself, you know, it's kind of a weird way of being selfish to think about it. But here's the thing. God's leadership of the church is not vested only in me as a pastor. It inhabits all of us as God's people, right? When we think of ourselves as a body of believers being led by God, that leadership is in all of us. Does that make sense? Like, I'm, I'm thankful I, I step into the authority God gives me as a pastor, but we as a church, right, if we want to understand what God is speaking to us through the word of God, by empowering a variety of voices, we're going to start to hear it much more clearly and much more powerfully. And if you're brand new, this is the thing. Like, even if you're new at church, it might be your first Sunday, I believe that there is something that God has placed in you for the benefit of his people for the rest of this room and for the glory of Jesus who is in this room. Amen. And so that's what patient apprenticing is about. It's about releasing what God has planted in every person in our church so that we all can grow deeper in Jesus and that Jesus would be glorified in our midst. Amen? All right. And without further ado, this is Bobby Stroop. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Bobby. So Bobby just finished his career in the United States Navy as an officer. Uh, moved back to Boston. He's leading our jet ministry. So if you're not, not familiar with our jet ministry, uh, for various periods of the church, it has been the largest ministry at Antioch Brighton including more people, more leaders, more ministry hours. It's, so Bobby has taken leadership of that group of people and has invested in so many people and has kept this vision in front of our church. God cares for the broken of the earth. Um, and I'm so thankful for the ways that Bobby's done that. And uh, this morning he's going to preach to us uh, in our Joseph series. And um, uh, I'm going to hand it over, your, over to him. I'm just going to pray. In the name of Jesus, God. Uh, we bless Bobby this morning. Would you give us sensitive hearts that are ready to hear the message you've given him? And Lord, would you open to us an understanding uh, of the story of Joseph uh, to help us grow in the name of Jesus? Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. All right. Well, today we are talking about Joseph, but before we get to that, I want to... Uh, share a little bit. Let me set my timer so I don't talk for three hours. Uh, hopefully I have enough self-awareness to not do that, but okay. So back when I was younger, uh, thankfully I, I grew up going into church, and part of that was Sunday school. So I think it was, I don't know, third or fourth grade, and there was a, a project or something, some sort of craft that we had. And there was like a light bulb with some wires connected to a battery. I'm sure there was a great metaphor. No idea what the metaphor was. It was probably like Jesus is the light of our life or something. Um, but I, I don't remember what that was. What I do remember is that I promptly, after seeing this, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I saw the electrical outlet. I was like, hmm, 
I know the electricity comes out of that. Would this work? Would these wires plugged into there work? And so I actually plugged the wires into the electrical outlet, and the light was really bright, but then blew up a little bit. Um, and but I was fine. No, back uh, up. Is that good? Okay. Um, so mom and dad, I think you're watching on Zoom right now, uh, but I'm fine. Uh, so now you know. <laughs> um, but light. We, we see this in Scripture. In fact, we see this at the very beginning of Scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And shortly after that, God said, let there be light, and there was light. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Those are from Genesis 1 and John 1. Both the beginning of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, we see that light means something. And we see that words create light. Words have power. God's word has power. Now, I want to talk about somebody else who has words of power. That's Joseph. In Joseph's life, we've seen words have power. Whenever he was younger, he interpreted a dream that he had, and his brothers didn't really like those words. And they actually ended up throwing him into a pit and selling him into slavery. Later on, he ends up working for Potiphar's household, and he tells Potiphar's wife, no, I'm not going to commit adultery. And she uses her words to falsely accuse him of sexual assault, and he gets thrown into prison. And then when in prison, Joseph uses his words to interpret the dreams of his inmates. There's a lot of power in the words in Joseph's life. And if you haven't been with us, hopefully that's a nice recap of the last couple of months of Joseph. But that brings us to our story today. Today I want to talk to you about what it means for words to be spoken to authority. Words more specifically than just any words, we know that there is a certain dynamic that exists when we communicate with authority. And Joseph lived that out. Joseph understood that words have power, and when he was communicating with authority, he exhibited it. Now, when we speak with authority, there are all sorts of different power dynamics. Authority can look different ways in your life. Maybe that is a boss. Maybe it's a teacher, a professor, a parent. Maybe it is a government official. Maybe you're speaking to a pharaoh. I don't know. I don't normally do that, but maybe you're, you're different. Uh, but it's not even necessarily just one person. Speaking to authority can actually be a group of people. If you're talking to peers, but it's a group of peers, and they have peer pressure over you, they wield authority in your life. They have a certain leverage over you, which changes the dynamics of the conversation. It changes how you communicate with somebody. It's different than talking to a peer. It's different than talking to a subordinate. Now, there's a few different ways we can communicate with authority. 
The first way I want to talk about is the default. The default option we see whenever we go to Amazon.com. There's, there's 350 million different products on Amazon. If you go to Netflix, there's about 4,000 different movies you could choose to watch. If you go to Cheesecake Factory, there's 250 menu items. There's 25 different types of cheesecake. But you know what? In all these things, there's, there's actually a 26th version of cheesecake that you could order. This isn't a secret menu. It's not ordering cheesecake. It's the do-nothing option. I know that might sound blasphemous, going to Cheesecake Factory, not getting cheesecake. But maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe the timing is a little bit off. Maybe you ordered the mac and cheese burger and you're just stuffed. It's like, maybe next time. So the timing matters because maybe right now is not the right time. See, in Joseph's life, he understood that there were times that maybe he could have not spoken. Whenever he spoke uh, and he shared his dream with his brothers, his brothers were already really mad at him because he had this coat, this fancy clothes and favor from his father. He was the favorite one. All his brothers already hated him. Maybe that wasn't the right time for him to tell them that they were all going to bow down to him one day. Maybe that wasn't the time to share the word that he had in his life. That's not to say he never should have shared it. But in the heat of the moment, that didn't have the best results for Joseph. So when we're thinking about communicating with people with power in our life, we have to think about, is this the right time for this message? Is it the time to speak? Or is it the time to wait? There's a time for everything. Now, bringing it back to where we are today, Joseph found himself in a time to speak. Joseph was being brought forth to Pharaoh because Pharaoh was freaking out. Pharaoh didn't know what was going on because he had two dreams that were basically the same thing. He had a dream of seven fat cows coming up out of the Nile, being swallowed up by seven skinny, unhealthy cows. And then he had another dream the same night of seven healthy stalks of grain being devoured by seven withered stalks of grain. This was a time somebody needed to speak into Pharaoh's life. But no one around him could do it. Not the wisest people in the kingdom. He brought everybody. Now, thankfully, the cupbearer had been released from prison a couple of years before. And he remembered that Joseph interpreted his dream. And he said, oh, hey, let's bring this guy Joseph. He knows about dreams. And, and Joseph then was cleaned up and, and made fresh, and he went to speak to Pharaoh. Now, we know if you've heard this story before that he interprets the dream. But before he interprets the dream, he says, I cannot do it. Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. This is in Genesis 41, verses 16 and 25. Because then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Joseph speaks light into Pharaoh's life. Joseph offers hope with his words. Now, 
you probably understand what it means to encourage somebody. Maybe you've been to a race, maybe you've been to a sporting event, maybe you've seen somebody feeling down. But when we encounter authority, when we are talking to leaders in our life, we often see them as an other. We see them as somebody who is potentially going to harm us. We see this as a survival scenario. We think, okay, how do I get through this? This person has authority. This person has power. I just want to make sure I don't mess things up. But that person in authority is a person too. They are a human who has worries. Just like Pharaoh was worried. He didn't know what to do. Joseph recognized the humanity of Pharaoh. And he spoke light into his life. He offered encouragement. And he was humble. He said, I can't really give you any hope, but God can. He recognized that a leader is still a person. Of course, we know that Joseph didn't just come up to Pharaoh to give him a pat on the back. Joseph also had to share a hard message. See, Joseph told Pharaoh in verses 29 to 31, seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. Joseph did not have an ulterior motive in sharing this information. If you know the story, you know later on Joseph gets put into leadership, and this actually changes Joseph's life incredibly. But Joseph couldn't have known that. Joseph had said hard news. He'd given hard truth to people in authority in the past, and it had burned him. He told Potiphar's wife, that's not what God says to do. I'm not going to sleep with you. And he got thrown in prison. Now, he was coming to Pharaoh, the person with the most power, who could have done anything. And Pharaoh certainly didn't need to reward Joseph for this. Pharaoh could have gotten angry. He could have had Joseph killed because he was bringing bad news. He could have shot the messenger. Joseph didn't know. But what Joseph did know was that he was committed to speaking the truth. He was committed to speaking light in revealing where darkness exists. He was committed to saying, there's darkness coming. I'm going to speak light. I'm going to speak the truth. He had practice building up to this moment. This was the right timing of speaking light into Pharaoh's life. See, this is hard because we think about, well, how can I speak truth? How can I, how can I speak truth to authority? Because darkness is scary. Darkness is messy. Sometimes we have to speak up, though, because no one else is around who can. Pharaoh exhausted his options. He went to all the wisest people, and he said, Joseph, I need your help. So we have a decision to make here. Of course, it's really easy to boil this down to a single decision, a single moment in Joseph's life. 
And as I said before, he made decisions leading up to this. Let's imagine for a second, what if Joseph had not made the same decisions? Well, we know that if Joseph had never told Potiphar's wife no, he wouldn't have been in prison, and he wouldn't have had the opportunity to interpret those dreams, most likely, for those prisoners. But we also know that Joseph got comfortable being uncomfortable, because when he was interpreting the dreams of his inmates, I imagine telling the cupbearer the good news was pretty easy. Telling the cupbearer, hey, in a few days, you're actually going to get out of prison. You're going to go back to your job to be right next to Pharaoh. But then when the baker came, and he's like, oh, great, interpret my dream. And the result was, well, the baker is actually going to be killed. Joseph had to share an uncomfortable truth. Joseph could have said, this is a dead man walking. Maybe I just comfort him. Maybe he can have joy the last couple days. You know, what, what good is it going to be if this guy knows he's going to die and he's just sitting in prison? You know, he can't go check off stuff on his bucket list. He's stuck. This is, this is a bad situation. How am I helping by telling this guy hard truth? But imagine if Joseph had taken the easy way out. If Joseph had said, oh, yeah, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And then the baker only finds out a few moments before he's killed that he, he's going to die. Maybe that would have made Joseph feel a little more comfortable in the moment. But then, if you think about it, when the cupbearer went back to be with Pharaoh, do you think he would have staked his reputation on somebody who was only right half the time? Do you think he would have said, oh yeah, I know a guy who interprets dreams, he's got a 500 batting average. You know, I mean, the cupbearer had been thrown in prison before. He knew Pharaoh's wrath. So I think he needed to be pretty confident to be able to say, I recommend Joseph. So Joseph was preparing himself, not just in the habit of being uncomfortable, but also because of how others viewed him. The opportunities he had were not things that he could have identified. This was outside of himself. This was God moving this was God moving because Joseph obeyed. Joseph held on to the truth. Joseph spoke light and revealed darkness. Now, what does it mean for you to speak light? First, ask yourself, is the timing right? Have I put in the time to be ready for this? Do I need to start small. And if you feel like, well, God's really putting this on my heart, the timing is right, these things need to be said now, okay, is God calling you to speak light and bring life, or is God calling the light you speak to reveal darkness, to reveal a hard truth, to say something challenging to somebody in authority? These aren't small things. This question you ask yourself might not be something that you ask yourself every day. But if you think that you're going to get to the moment, the Super Bowl moment that Joseph had, and you didn't have any practice time or any games before that, you're kidding yourself. So it's good to think about what is the end goal. 
but also think about the day-to-day. What are the ways that I'm getting uncomfortable but speaking in love? Ephesians says in chapter 4, verses 14 to 15, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. I'd like to invite the band to come up um, for our final set of worship. But before we, we jump into worship, I just want to think, you know, I want to I demonstrate, you know, what does it look like to recognize your time to speak? What does it look like to say, okay, God, um, maybe, maybe this is what I got to say. And I, I think about what was Joseph imagining whenever he was getting ready. It wasn't like Pharaoh showed up to prison and just asked him the questions. Joseph had some time to prep. Maybe he was in the bathroom mirror and he was talking to himself. You know, if you had one shot, one opportunity (laughs) to fulfill your life's destiny, would you capture that moment or let it slip? I was a young Joey, hopped up on my own pride. I was out of pocket, going full throttle on life. People told me to slow down. I didn't know how, because I didn't know the things that I know now. All I knew was they were going to bow down. Who'd have thought seven cows would make them kowtow? But before that day would come, I'd have a whole lot of mess. I'd go through a whole lot of stress because of how I was dressed. But even under duress, I passed the test. And I spoke the truth like water so fresh. Luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Preparation is the daily choice of words you speak. Practice makes permanent, so choose your words beautifully. And remember, timing can be everything. Luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Preparation is every day the words you choose to speak. Practice makes permanent, so choose your words beautifully. And remember, timing can be everything. I was running that joint. You could call me mitochondria, powerhouse of the cell, when they wrongfully locked me up. I'm like whack-a-mole. I just keep popping up. And if there's one thing I know, it's not for what I've done. It's for who I know. It's for who I trust. It's for who I've got. Because when I got God, I don't get got. And when I'm built on the rock, I don't get rocked. And if I answer when he knocks, I don't get knocked down. No, I got that on lock. And it's nonstop. There's no shot clock. And I'll keep praising his name until the mic drop. Luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Preparation is every day the words you choose to speak. Practice makes permanent, so choose your words beautifully. Because speaking light reveals what you believe. Luck is preparation, meeting opportunity. Preparation is every day how you choose to speak. Practice makes permanent, so choose your words beautifully because when you speak light, it reveals what you believe. We don't talk about Bruno, but we're talking about this. (laughs) 
If you can remember, come with me and reminisce, I'm not the only one who's included in this list. Despite the massive risks, people spoke light into the darkness. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Moses telling Pharaoh, let my people go. Esther telling Xerxes the truth he had to know. Jesus and the Pharisees exchanging verbal blows. Stephen telling leaders their past of persecution. Acts chapter 7, where he rebuked the institution. But one key piece in him revealing this pollution was this rhetoric was tough, but it offered a solution. And these final words he had were not mere chance. He had a few championship rings before the last dance. Luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Preparation is every day how you choose to speak. Practice makes permanent, so choose your words beautifully because what you say reveals what you believe. Amen. All right, um, you guys can begin to play. Um, let's begin to respond. Why don't you guys stand up? <sighs> right, preparation. You know, it's not, just, it's not just luck that you end up before Pharaoh. It's the result of a life given to the practice of speaking truth in love. Um, so let's come, into, let's come into this place, right, in, in an attitude of reflection. Um. Lord, what is my heart attitude? Are there places in my place of influence, in my workplace, in my family, in my school, in this church, where you're calling me to speak the truth in love? Lord, Lord, what's the timing for that thing that I, I feel like has been, for, has been mine to say? Lord, what is the, what is the insight? Lord, how are, you, how are you calling me to use my words to strengthen the, the things that I'm a part of, Lord? Um, and Lord, give us a spirit of wisdom to interact with that. So as we, as we worship, as we engage with God in this place, uh, ask yourself these reflexive questions that Bobby is, is bringing to us today, right? From the Word of God. What is the process of preparation? How am I developing the pattern in my life of speaking truth, but speaking it with love that builds up? Number two. How am I aware of the direction of the Spirit of God creating these opportunities that are more than luck? And how is, how is my choice of words uh, opening up a destiny for me as I obey God? All right. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for... Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word has power, power we can rely upon. God, we know we are, we feel so powerless sometimes. Um, but God, we know that we have your word written down and written on our hearts. So God, I ask that you would speak light through us. Speak light through us into the darkness of this world so we can lift others up and show your glory. In Jesus, in your name, amen.